0: You ask the question, sir. Let me answer it. The genius of the Constitution is that it can always be changed. The genius of the Constitution is that it makes no permanent rule other than its faith in the wisdom of ordinary people to govern themselves. Our founding parents were pompous middle-aged white farmers, but they were also great men, because they knew one thing that all great men should know, that they didn't know everything. They knew they were gonna make mistakes, but they made sure to leave a way to correct them. They didn't think of themselves as leaders. They wanted a government of citizens, not royalty. A government of listeners, not lecturers. A government that could change, not stand still. The president isn't an elected king, no matter how many bombs he can drop, because the crude constitution doesn't trust him. He's a servant of the people. He's just a bum. And the only bliss that he's searching for is freedom and justice
1: hi everyone this is ed hoffman and welcome to the main event yep uh, i played that clip from a movie called with honors about the constitution and knowing how it can be changed and knowing the what the uh, our founding fathers had had in store what they had in mind when they wrote the constitution and i'm watching tv and i'm watching what's going on do you realize uh the travel ban that that trump uh signed on january 27th would have been over it was a 120 day travel ban on uh on uh people from seven different muslim countries and it would have been over in 120 days and instead of instead of doing the the stupid stuff that our government is having to do because of what the Democrats are trying to do to, to just block everything that Trump wants to do to try and make America great again and to keep us safe— we would be over they would have been spending time vetting how do we vet these people so we know who the good ones are and who the bad ones are is or what can we do because obviously we don't know how to do that because the Sarnayev brothers came over from Russia russia called us told us these guys are bad news keep your heads up for this guy and they still pulled off the boston marathon bombing you know obviously something something uh, needs to get get needs to get changed and uh, can you believe in this country the waste the waste. But we're going to talk about everything that's going on going on in this country and everything that happened in the last seven days since since you heard from me last. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, based in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing, call me toll-free at 855 640 2020 That's 855 640 2020 One last time, day or night, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone, find me at wccloans.com, w-c-c-l-o-a-n-s.com, where we'll have all kinds of mortgage information for you. And if you want to apply or get some more information, just click on the Loan Center link and then hit Apply Now. And uh, tell me how much information you want to give me and tell me how much information you want back from me. You'll hear back from either one of my teammates and uh, we'll help fill in the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle or your financing puzzle or your uh, whatever, whatever you're going. Hey, you know what? I got, uh, I got people call me and say, Hey, this is where I'm at. I've got these assets. I've got this income. This is what I would like to do. What do you suggest? And I give them some suggest suggestions. Hey, sometimes it's, Sometimes it's, sometimes you're too close, too close to the, to your own situation. You can't see the right decision. Sometimes you got to step back outside the circle and say, Hmm, what is the right solution to this plan? That's what I do. So if you'd like to email me first, uh, click on the contact contact page here, here's on the contact page, fill out the form, go directly to me or my team, or just email me at ed at WCC Um, if you want to hear any part of the show, uh, replayed, uh, you can get that at edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page, listen to it on demand anytime. You can also get the main event podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, uh, where you can, uh, subscribe to it for free. Have it download to your, uh, your computer or your, your, your listening device, uh, whatever kind you listen to Uh, once a week, we upload it then it downloads to you. Be sure to connect with the show on social media. Follow me on Twitter at ed where I tweet about current events all week long and like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And don't forget about the main event listener hotline where you can leave me a voicemail to tell me what you think of the show. Leave me a message at 855-640-2092. I think everybody has a right to my opinion and this time I want to hear yours. So if I say something that makes you bad or something that makes you glad or happy, uh, call 640 640- 855-640-2092. And I might just play your message on the show. Uh, I want to hear from you. So, uh, hey, also, here's a special, here's a special, uh, here's a special request for those of you in the LA Orange County area. Um, I'm looking to get in touch with James Young of Styx. And they're coming to the Greek theater on the 24th. So I think he lives here in Southern California now, but I need to get in touch with him. If any of you know him personally, Send me an email at hoffman at wccloans.com or call me at 855-640-2020. I need to get in touch with this guy. I have a quick question for him. And, uh, James Young of sticks. If you know him, you know how to get in touch with him. Please contact me. So uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about what's going on. Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law and senior advisor, is the most recent member of the Trump administration to be portrayed as an evil villain with supposedly strong ties to Russia. It started one week ago when the Washington Post published a story that Kushner may have discussed creating a secret communication channels with Russia's ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, back in December 2016 during the transition. From the Washington Post report... I read, Jared Kushner and Russia's ambassador to Washington, D.C. discussed the possibility of setting up a secret, secure communications channel between Trump's transition team and the Kremlin using Russian diplomatic facilities in an apparent move to shield their pre inauguration discussions from monitoring, according to U.S. officials briefed on the intelligence reports. Ambassador Sergey Kislyak reported to his superiors in in Moscow that Kushner made the proposal during a meeting on December 1st or 2nd at Trump Tower, according to the intercepts of Russian communications that were reviewed by U.S. officials. The meeting was also attended by Michael Flynn, Trump's first national security advisor. Sounds nefarious, huh? Sounds like BS, but Secretary of Homeland Security uh, John Kelly disagrees.
2: It's both normal, in my opinion, and acceptable. There's uh, Any way that you can communi- communicate... Uh, with people, particularly uh, uh, organizations that are maybe not particularly friendly to us, is, is a good thing. And, 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 and again, it comes back to whatever the communication is, comes back into the government and shared across the government. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's, it's not. A bad thing to have multiple uh, communication lines to any government
3: using their equipment in their diplomatic facilities.
2: Well, again, don't know um, uh, all. I don't know if all of that is true. I would just say that uh, any line of communication to a country, particularly a country like Russia, is a good thing.
1: Well, you know what? How do you expect to uh, get along in this world without talking to people? Well, we don't want to talk to those people, but we want them to. Uh, we want them to. to ...to uh, join us in fighting ISIS... ...and they have their their airplanes in, in Syria... ...and we want to fight ISIS in Syria... ...but we don't want to talk to him... ...we don't want our president to be able to talk to the other leaders... ...I think that's what we elected him for... ...and you know what, only Barack Obama thinks that you can... Uh, that you can ...well, maybe Barack Obama doesn't think you can get anything... ...he only thinks that you can get things done... ...without communicating with the other branches of the government... ...as uh, you never saw him talking to senators... Or congressman, which is basically what his job was. He only talked to Valerie Jarrett and uh, maybe his wife. I don't even think he talked to his wife. If you weren't a Hollywood, uh, a Hollywood uh, celebrity, um, then he didn't talk to you uh, unless you are Valerie Jarrett. And, uh, and, of course, we caught him on the hot mic talking to uh, the Russian foreign minister saying, I'll have a lot more flexibility after, uh, after the election. Right before his reelection, and nobody had a problem with that. Brought it up. Nobody thought he was planning any secret covert operation, although it sounded like he was. The fact that he, the fact that he's um, saying, "Hey, I'm more flexible after the election," what does that mean? That means that if people know what I'm planning to talk to you about, then they wouldn't elect me. That's what I. That's how I take it. So anyway, so since then, so since they can't deny the back channels are a normal thing in government, the Democrats are shifting the, to the narrative that, isn't, that this isn't even a back channel. It must be something more. Here's Al Franken talking to Anderson Cooper. Normally a back channel isn't something where you go to the other country's uh, communication system so that your own intelligence can't hear it. That's what it sounds like right. Kushner thought he was doing. It's also uh, very suspicious that he did not report this meeting this is a kind of a meeting you'd remember meeting in the Trump tower with him and Flynn and a meeting which wasn't on the books at Trump tower anyway. I mean, initially. So, so so this group
2: isn't acting like people who don't have anything to hide.
1: You know what? Um, number one, Kushner meeting at the Trump tower probably wasn't something that memorable as if Al Franken got invited to the Trump tower because Kushner's, Trump's son-in-law and Kushner is a business guy and Trump's a business guy. So I'm sure he's been there 10,000 times. So it was, well, it would be a meeting that you'd remember cause it was at the Trump tower. And, uh, and, uh, and this sounds like people that aren't, aren't willing to come forward with, with information. It sounds like they have something to hide. Jared Kushner said, I'm willing to answer any questions from anybody now, but we're going to talk about it on We're going to talk about it on the news and we're going to, we're going to make uh allegations for six months before they even ask him for anything. I heard, I actually heard that it was Kislyak that suggested they have a back channel for a one-time conversation. That it had nothing to do with Jared Kushner. He just happened to be talking to him. Some believe that the entire thing could be a wild embellishment of the truth planted by Russia in order to cause further chaos for this administration. One of them is Senator Lindsey Graham. I don't trust this story as far as I can throw it. It makes no sense that the Russian ambassador would report back to Moscow on a channel that he most likely knows we're monitoring. The whole storyline is suspicious. Yeah, I know they're listening. Hey, you know what? If you're in jail at, uh, uh, what do they call that place? Uh, North Valley off Etiwanda up there in uh, Rancho Cucamonga or Ontario, where, whatever the border is there. If you're in jail, guess what? If When you're calling out from the jail, they li- they monitor those phone calls. So if you're calling home to talk to your wife or you're calling to talk to your lawyer, they're listening. Do you think the do you think the uh, the uh, the inmates realize that some of them don't, but most of them should. Hey, if you're calling out from jail, the cops are listening. You think that Kislyak doesn't know which uh, which lines are being monitored by the FBI or the CIA or the NSA? Do you think, and he makes a comment like that on that line, do you think maybe this was planned? Uh, Could be. Charles Krauthammer agrees, and he explains why.
2: We have no idea if it's true. Let's say it is true. Isn't the, the problem here, the accusation here, that there was some collusion during the campaign with the Russians? Well, everyone agrees if the story is true. It occurred after the campaign, during the transition. So unless there's some nefarious connection here, there's no connection to the, what, what, what was alleged to have happened during the campaign. And lastly, we've had back-channel connections with adversaries for generations. Henry Kissinger had them with the Russians and the Chinese. Hillary had a back-channel to establish the opening of negotiations with the Iranians in what ended up as the Iranian nuclear deal.
1: See, everybody's just trying to stir up stir up controversy here oh my god oh my god you know what i've said this a million times i don't think we need to know everything that's going on in government because if i know it the enemy knows it if you say it on tv because i have a right to know what the president is planning because he's my president he's a servant of the people you know what? if i know it if i see it on tv so does isis they know exactly. Just like uh, if you watched on Netflix last week, or if you haven't watched it yet, you should. Uh, there's a movie called uh, War War Machine. Brad Pitt plays uh, Glenn McCann, who's really uh, who's really Stan, Stanley McChrystal, and uh, and it's really the story of it's it's a satire. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be funny, but it's serious towards the beginning of this movie um stanley McChrystal, i mean brad pitt is uh watching as obama says hey we're giving we're putting all these troops in afghanistan but we're pulling them out in 18 months and he goes well hey why don't you just tell everybody when we're pulling out all the enemy has to do is just say we're going to wait out this wait out 18 months and then then we'll come back out when everybody leaves you know what you know use some use some brains in this thing use some brains so there's certain things that certain things that need to be communicated. And certain things that don't need to be communicated. So, uh, so let's use let's use some common sense and not listen to all this this blabble, this blabber that comes on the uh, from the mainstream media. So let's let's go on to the next thing. Uh, Hillary Hillary this week uh, is on her blame game tour again. Uh, this week she made a surprise appearance at the Book Expo America in New York City and showed up at the tech conference CodeCon in Silicon Valley for panel discussion. Uh, you know what, Hillary did. Clinton has to do with either of these events. I don't know, but she showed up. We've already heard her theories of why she lost, but Hillary's still dreaming up more reasons, including an allegation that Donald Trump personally directed the Russians to weaponize the anger of racist Americans so they could help him win.
4: He really understands how to inflame people. Whatever resentment or point of anger that you may have if he can get into it whether it's race or sex or xenophobia or anti islamophobia the russians in my opinion and based on the intel and counter intel people i've talked to could not have known how best to weaponize that information unless they had been guided and here's a here's guided one. by americans guided by americans mr I- leaning trump Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. I'm leading Trump. I think I think it's pretty hard not to.
1: You know, knowing how to inflame Americans with with uh, sex or or uh, whatever kind of allegations she said. You know, all that isn't that politics? Isn't that the same thing they did with him, playing that uh, that that tape of him with uh, what was Access Hollywood or something? That when he's on the bus with a not realizing he had a a mic on him when he's talking to the one guy on a on a guy on guy. Uh, 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 communication, just two guys talking to each other, talking gross, talking gross, second only to how women talk when there's no guys around. You know what? Why is this such a secret thing? There's no way the Russians could know how to do this unless they were guided by Donald Trump. Uh, here's how she manages to blame the Russians, the FBI, James Comey, and American voters all in one breath.
4: The use of uh, my email account was uh, turned into, you know, the biggest scandal since Lord knows when. This was the biggest nothing burger ever. They covered it like it was Pearl Harbor. The Russians ran an extensive information war campaign against my campaign. To influence voters, Comey was more than happy to talk about my emails, but he wouldn't talk about investigation of the Russians. So people went to vote on November 8th, having no idea that there was an active counterintelligence investigation going on of the Trump campaign.
1: The emails were a nothing burger. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens when uh, all this other stuff comes and see if Jeff Sessions uh, pushes it forward or if... Uh, or if the, the Russian investigation, when they subpoena all of Comey's um, uh, memos on the Russian thing and uh, comments with and uh, conversations with Trump, uh, if they get the conversations with uh, Loretta Lynch and uh, the, that investigation, all the rest of the stuff, uh, maybe this is a nothing burger, and maybe it's not. But you know what the one thing is? is we know for sure the email thing on non-secured server is real. We know that the emails that came out of the stuff she said was real. They didn't know there was, they didn't tell anybody there was an active Russian investi- uh, investigation and whether he's colluding with the Russians. We don't have any evidence this was ever going on. Amazing. Amazing. Believe it or not, it didn't stop there. At CodeCon event, Hillary blamed a total of 24 people, groups, and things for her election loss. The full list is she blamed the FBI. She blamed James Comey. She blamed the Russians. She blamed Vladimir Putin. She blamed anti-American forces. Low-information voters. Hey, you know what? Low-information voters are the ones that voted for you, Hillary. I don't know. I think it would just be great to have a female president. Really? Okay, everyone who assumed she wouldn't win, so they didn't vote because of it. Uh, okay. Bad polling numbers. Barack Obama. She blamed it on Barack Obama. People who wanted change. Guess what? That's what we voted for. She blamed it on us. Well, it's your fault. Thank you. I'll take the credit. I'll take the credit. And I've asked, I've asked many people, hey, you vote for Trump? Yeah. Did the Russians ever call you? No. Uh, they have any influence on you? No, I just think she's dishonest. I just think she's, she's not leading this country in the right direction. I don't think she knows what she's doing. I don't think she's uh presidential misogynist. Oh, blame misogynist. Uh, I think that's people that hate women. Um, people, people voted for her because they hate women. Okay. And then she, then she blames suburban women. So let's see people who hate women and women. Both are at at fault here. The New York Times, TV executives. I thought all the TV executives and the New York Times were in the tank for her. Cable news. Well, let's see. Cable news. Fox is. Uh, Fox leans right. They lean. They lean Republican, especially at night with Hannity and uh, O'Reilly and uh, who else was on back then? Uh, Megan. I don't think Megan was. Yeah she had her her pros she had her her moments um but you know what there's three other cable networks there's CNN there's CNBC and there's uh MSNBC PMS, PMSNBC and they're all lean way to the left so how can you blame it on cable news most of them are going for you Netflix uh, oh yeah she said there's not enough there there weren't enough uh uh filmmakers who don't make the who make the right document democrat filmmakers who don't make the right documentaries and Netflix who do plays the wrong ones so uh I mean they don't have Dinesh D'Souza on their team. Dinesh D'Souza who wrote uh who did uh, Hillary's America and uh America Imagine a World Without Her and uh 2016 um Obama's America. He did some pretty damn good uh uh documentaries there and they were uh, all true with bibliographies at the end to show what the sources of everything is we didn't have enough democrat filmmakers to th- where was michael moore facebook twitter wikileaks fake news content farms in macedonia for those of you who don't know someone asked me hey do you know what a content farm in macedonia is well i assume that means it's a place where they make up stories just based on the fact it says content farms uh, in Macedonia. So, uh, people out there and, and you know what I've seen, I've gotten stuff on my phone say, Hey, look here, this is going on. And the guy, guy next to me says, uh, what's the source? Well, I don't know. It's on the internet. must be, must be true. And it says, uh, um, some weird, some weird title to a, to a website. And that's probably not, that's probably fake news. I wouldn't blast that out and share it, but guess what? Most people see that stuff and they share it. I think there was more stuff about Trump than there was about Hillary Clinton. I think the uh, the millennials and the people that do that kind of stuff were more in the tank for, for Hillary. The Republican Party, she blamed the Republican Party and she blamed the Democrat Party. Yes, yeah, she blamed her own party. In fact, she directly blamed the DNC. Remember, this is the organization that admits to sabotaging Bernie Sanders' campaign so she could become the, the nominee. This is how she thanks them.
4: I inherit nothing from the Democratic Party.
1: What do you mean, nothing?
4: I mean... It was bankrupt. It was on the verge of insolvency. Its data was mediocre to poor, non-existent, wrong. I had to inject money into it. This is the DNC. The the DNC to keep it going.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the word I hear is that the DNC had three times as much money uh, when they started that then Trump spent his whole whole campaign. She had to inject money into it. That's kind of like... our a uh, nonprofit. We have a nonprofit called WCC Charities. Guess what? We take the money that people donate and we that for, we forward it over to. Uh, uh, we just forwarded uh, forty-three thousand dollars to the Gary Sinise Foundation and uh, five thousand dollars to uh, Water Boys. And uh, you know, people donated money and we forwarded it. So now, if we start start a new campaign, I have to inject money into it. Okay, so that's how that's how it works with nonprofits. Hey okay, you know uh, and you know uh don't forget Seth Rich as uh the Clinton casualty he was a Bernie Sanders supporter working at the DNC and what did they do with him? I don't know he showed up dead. got a bullet to the back of the head and uh you know we've talked about this a few times. apparently they found uh that he had uh, forwarded some emails to WikiLeaks and uh who knows who knows but you know mysteriously he ended up dead and they said it was a robbery except for they didn't take his money or his keys or his uh his watch or his phone or anything so uh, i don't know was that a uh was that a uh, robbery i don't think so hey lots more to talk about but i'm out of time for part one don't go away we got five minutes of traffic and weather and commercials and i'll be right back with part two of the main event and welcome back to part two of the main event my name is ed hoffman president wholesale capital corporation Your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about mortgages or real estate on this uh, mortgage and real estate show. Because uh, I know if you guys aren't in the market, it's just boring to listen to. And uh, But if you're in the market for uh, real estate financing, you need to refinance or you need to purchase a home, or uh, you're over 62 and you're thinking about one of them reverse mortgage things you want some information, you want to talk to somebody who uh, thinks like you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Uh, and then again, if you hear something on this show that you want to make a comment about, Listener hotline, 640-2092. And I'll ask one more time, hey, if you know James Young of Sticks, call me at 855-640-2020 or email me at edhoffman at wccloans.com. I need to get in touch with this guy And uh, for a quick question. Um, if you know him, James Young, tall, blonde-haired dude. <clears throat> I've been a fan for a long time. I'm not going to be a groupie here, but I need to contact this guy, and I know they're in town in a couple of weeks. So if you know him, I don't know if he's still, I don't know if he lives out here, if he lives in Chicago. So, uh, I guess I grew up and haven't followed, followed, uh, those kind of guys. Cause I have a life now. So, um, but they will be at the Greek theater on the 24th. And so somebody, somebody out there listening knows this guy. I need to contact him. So anyway, uh, let's talk about it's graduation season. And it means that, uh, we get to compare commencement speeches between liberals and conservatives. Uh, kind of the reason I would say, Hey, if, if my kids were young, I wouldn't send them to college. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about this. Normally we're used to hearing Barack o- Barack Hussein Obama give a speech. I mean, read a speech, um, at some liberal university, but, inf- but fortunately for us, he turned down all the offers this year. Hillary Hillary Clinton accepted an offer to speak at Wellesley college, her own alma mater in Massachusetts. Um, Personally, I'm glad she did. She reminded us of one of the big reasons why she's uh, unfit to be the president. She's not physically healthy.
4: You know, (coughs) four years ago, maybe a little more or less (coughs) for some of you. So, man, I've got to get a lozenge.
3: (coughs) (coughs) Oh, yeah.
4: (coughs) Thank you. I told... The trustees I was sitting with, after hearing Tala's speech, I didn't think I could get through it. <clears throat> so we'll blame allergy instead of emotion. <clears throat> but, you know, you arrived at this campus.
1: <clears throat> Not sure exactly what they're cheering for there uh, towards the end of that. Um... The first time they started cheering because a bunch of people walked out with a, a lozenge and a bottle of water. But the, uh, you know, what are they cheering for? Because she stopped coughing? Uh, sounded like she was still coughing. Anyway, you may or may not know, uh, in 1969, Hillary was the first student at Wellesley College to give a commencement speech. Before that, Wellesley had never had a student speaker at at the commencement, but her classmates led the effort to have the student speak, and for some reason, they nominated her. In the speech that she gave... At this year's Wellesley commencement, Hillary explained what she and her classmates were concerned about back in 1969. Listen to the not-so-subtle comparison. And for those of you who don't remember, remember uh, Richard Nixon beat Hubert Humphrey in 1968. So six months, so six months before she made this these comments, Richard Nixon was was not, was uh, elected to president. Listen to the not-so-subtle comparison she makes about the president then versus now.
4: We didn't trust government authority figures, or really anyone over 30, (laughs) in large part thanks to years of heavy casualties and dishonest official statements about Vietnam and deep differences over civil rights and poverty here at home. We were asking urgent questions about whether women, people of color, religious minorities, immigrants would ever be treated with dignity and respect. And by the way, we were furious about the past presidential election (laughs) of a man whose presidency would eventually end in disgrace with his impeachment for obstruction of justice.
1: I don't know wasn't her husband president wasn't he impeached for uh I don't know perjury lying having sex with a uh, and Nixon was never impeached uh but uh he he resigned and uh but Clinton was impeached although they didn't take him out of office because they did it right at the end of his right at the end of his uh his term and I think the Republicans Uh, The Republicans on the uh, impeachment committee didn't want to remove him from office because then Joe, then uh, not Joe Biden, uh, but uh, Al Gore would have become the president and he would have been running against uh, George W. Bush as an incumbent. And they knew that what that gives him a huge advantage. And uh, so they opted not to take him out of office. But wasn't it her husband that did that? I don't know. That's how I remember it. That's how I remember it. So, uh. Um. So I don't know what they're what they're cheering about, but you know, college kids college kids are just not being fed fed their minds what what uh, they need to hear. Not surprisingly, Senator Elizabeth Warren gave a, a commencement speech this year too, speaking at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Warren used her speech to mobilize uninformed students to take what they don't know and use it to influence government.
3: The point I want to make is a point about democracy. Our country, our democracy, is not a machine that will run on its own. It needs you out there fighting for what you believe in. And here's why. If elected officials don't hear from people like you, then the policies will be set by the people they do hear from. And believe me, they hear plenty from corporate ceos from wall street from giant corporations and from others who spend buckets of money to make sure that their interests are heard and here's the thing your elected officials are increasingly working only for the few the very wealthy few and they are setting policies only to benefit the few the very wealthy few and if that doesn't change soon then this country will fundamentally change. It is your world, your future that is on the line. So I am here today to ask you to get engaged.
1: You know what, when I was in high school college, I wanted to be one of the wealthy few. And you know how you learn to be wealthy is hang around wealthy people. You know what? That's how that's how you learn because the difference between wealthy people and poor people is just a one little adjustment in how you think, but uh, um, Ben Carson had a had a, a town hall meeting on some XM channel, the Urban Channel, Channel One Twenty Five, One Twenty Six. It's one up from Patriot Radio, and uh, and he talked about how people that are rich, if you take everything from them, and you know you take everything from them because the way they think, in a year they'll have it all back. And, uh, and it's because the way they think and uh, the guy who is running the thing, I'm going to maybe use some clips from it next week. The guy that was, was running the interview was kind of trying to talk about how government really doesn't give, give, uh, black people, black people or minorities a chance. And he kept turning it back to, you know, it's, it's not about, it's not about what government does for you is, you know, give you opportunities. It's about taking responsibility for your own life. And, uh. Very interesting. If you have a chance, I don't know if it's on YouTube or not, but I heard it on uh, on XM one twenty sixth. Not a channel I normally listen to, but I heard it advertised on Fox News, so I went to it last Sunday when it was on there. Um, where did I leave off? So, uh, but you know, Elizabeth Warren. She's a moron, she's a moron. And then there's crazy Uncle Joe, uh, Joe Biden at this year's Harvard commencement ceremony. Former Vice President Joe Biden took a stab at uh, President Trump as well, and he did it with one of his trademark gaffes. Listen. I
2: thought we had passed the days when it was acceptable for politicians at all levels to bestow legitimacy on hate speech or fringe ideologies. But the world is changing so rapidly that there are an awful lot of folks out there, not just here in the United States, but around the world, who are both afraid of the change and susceptible to this kind of negative appeal. Globalization has cost some of them their livelihoods. Digitalization, Moore's law, artificial intelligence are generating great anxiety in so many sectors of this country and the world.
1: Yeah, artificial insemination is uh, is creating great ag- anxiety, especially if it doesn't take. Um, you know, people wanting to have babies. Uh, oh, I think that was a gaffe. Maybe he wasn't really talking about that. But uh, you know, it's I don't know what, what he's I don't know what he's he's blaming. You know, first he's blaming the negative negative uh, remarks from the from politicians, and then he's talking about technology is is scaring people. Yeah, it should. People should be thinking about. Uh, where the future is and and planning accordingly so these are the liberal commencement speeches of 2017 i'm guessing uh that there had to be a few conservative students graduating at those schools and you didn't hear any boos from them uh and that's then then there's our secretary of education betsy devos she listen to how she was treated when she spoke at this year's bethune cookman university commencement in florida
3: Later today, I will have the honor of visiting Dr. Bethune's home and paying my respects at her gravesite. I am moved by words in her last will and testament, where Dr. Bethune described what she hoped her legacy would be. The beautifully written testament cited love, hope, and a thirst for education as the ideals she wanted people to embrace in her memory. She conclude with, concluded with a section titled "A Responsibility to Our Young People," and made clear her unshakable belief that the world's fate belonged to the youth she dedicated her entire life to serving.
1: Amazing! She says that she's going to go to this lady's uh, gravesite and pay her respects. And I guess, I guess that's not that's not. Respectful. I'm gonna pay my respect to the lady who uh, started Bethune Cookman University, and they booed. Now, in case you don't know that the the, uh, the um, Bethune Cookman University is is mostly a black university, and Betsy DeVos is white, and I don't know if there's some racism there, but no one will call it out because you're not allowed to call it out when it's black people disrespecting white people. It only goes the other way around. So uh, finally, you can compare all those liberal speeches uh, to the one President Trump gave this year at Liberty University's commencement. In this clip, the President Trump talked to the graduates about freedom and persistence.
2: In my short time in Washington, I've seen firsthand how the system is broken. A small group of failed voices who think they know everything and understand everyone want to tell everybody else how to live and what to do and how to think but you aren't going to let other people tell you what you believe especially when you know that you're right and never ever quit you never quit if i give you one message to hold in your hearts today it's this never ever give up
1: yep if you were a if you were president trump wouldn't you just say hey screw it let's uh, i'm throwing the towel this job isn't for me you know it's uh, i wanted i want to do something good for this country and the country's obviously you know the ones with the biggest mouths are pushing against me maybe i maybe i just quit but that's not that's not in his that's not in his uh his his code he's not he's not capable of doing that and uh he also reminded them that america is rooted in christian faith and he'll defend their right to practice it as long as he's president
2: when the pilgrims landed at plymouth they prayed When the founders wrote the Declaration of of Independence, they invoked our Creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. America is better when people put their faith into action. As long as I am your president, no one is ever going to stop you from practicing your faith or from preaching what's in your heart
1: You know when I think about when I think about all this college stuff when I think about all this stuff and all the all the idiocy that the colleges are teaching our kids and that's why I would say you know what if I if you're a parent that has has high school kids and you're thinking about what to send them to college I would I would step back and say do they need to go to college are they ready to go to college are they you know it's it may may be it may be best to wait a couple of years and see what they want to do um and i think we should put the colleges on the open market you know what think about it if you go to buy a chevrolet you go to buy you go to buy a car you test drive a chevy truck or you buy a corvette or a malibu or whatever and you and General Motors makes these products. They put them out at the dealers. They put out all the money for this, and then what do they do? They put your financing through. Not it's not GMAC. It's now it's called Ally Bank. Okay, so they finance. Ford has Ford Motor Credit. Uh, Chrysler has Chrysler Credit. Um, Toyota has Toyota Motor Credit. Um, They they all have they finance their stuff. Say we put out the money to build these things. We'll go ahead and finance you, so you can put your little down payment, make the payments to us, and. If we sold you a lemon, we're gonna have a hard time collecting. You know what? In college, in college, they say, "Hey, uh, the government is going to guarantee your student loans, and then you're gonna give us the money, and the and the taxpayer is gonna guarantee that." The bank doesn't lose any money on that, and uh, we're gonna guarantee you get the money no matter what kind of credit you have, and you just use it for college, and the college people collect the money, and it doesn't doesn't matter to them if they give them a lemon or what. Hey, you know what? If if the if the colleges had to to carry the financing on that, I bet you there's some degrees that just wouldn't be available because they know that hey, we're gonna take a hundred thousand dollars from you or fifty thousand dollars from you, but you're not gonna be able to get a job with this. Or we're not teaching you anything that has any value. There would be they would run it like a business, and instead of using it for liberal liberal professors who aren't capable of making it in the in the in the open market in the private sector, they'd uh, actually put people with some intelligence that can give you some valuable experience. Okay, you know when I talk to you about real estate, uh, my wife and I own 13 pieces of property. Um, we own, we, uh, had, uh, 18 rentals and that we rolled into 15 of them into a piece of commercial property that we still own in, uh, 2006. We now have uh, 10 rentals plus our house, plus two, uh, two, uh, second homes. We have uh, a commercial property, the commercial property that we have plus uh wholesale capital. We own the building there and you know what we flipped hundreds of houses and I've done it so when you call me and ask me for advice I can tell you what works and what doesn't work I can tell you what kind of houses to buy to rent and I can tell you how to figure out a flip I can tell you when a reverse mortgage makes sense I can tell you when financing your house a lot of times some of you guys call me and I say you know what I could do your loan, but the only one who's going to gonna be uh, get a good result from that is me because I'm going to make some money. It's really not helping you. And I've walked away from business, and I've gotten a whole bunch more referrals because I told people, this isn't the right thing for you. If you were my sister, I'd tell you not to do this. I talked someone out of a $954,000 loan. I could have qualified them, and I said, you know what? The way I see this, that based on what you make, this is going to be a divorce because you guys are going to be living for this house, I'm going to drain your IRA. I'm going to drain your 401k plus the money you got from your old house to buy this house. Cause it's in some nice area in orange County. And at the end of the day, what, what you, uh, what you take home from work, you're going to be spending almost all of it to make your house payment. And can I qualify you? Yes, I can. But when you live, live that tight, it creates financial tension and the financial tension becomes a, a marital stress and it becomes a divorce and you guys got four little kids. I don't want to see you do that. And guess what they thought about over the weekend and they turned and they changed their mind and backed out of that, that kind of house. You know what? You want to deal with someone who's done it. Don't, it's not in college. College can't teach you about the private sector. Cause most of those, those uh, professors can't make it in the private sector. You know, a, a students teach, B students, students end up working for C students. Okay. So maybe if, the, maybe if the colleges carried their own financing, maybe something would change in this country. Get the government out of it. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Okay, anyway, but I'm not. So next, let's talk about the Paris Climate Accord, which is uh, was the end of the week, the craziness of this week. Another criticism of our president, he doesn't believe in man-made climate change, and this week he put that belief into practice by pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement. So what exactly is that agreement? It was signed by 195 countries in the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change in 2015, including the United States under Barack Hussein Obama. Each nation committed to lowering greenhouse gas emissions by a specific percentage. The majority of the countries agreed to lower emissions by less than 1%. But the United States agreed to lowering its greenhouse gases by a whopping 17.89, second only to China at 20. Except for China didn't have to do anything until 2030. They made no commitments to do anything to cut their greenhouse gases until 2030, while America had to cut theirs right away. We committed to it. There was no, it was not binding, but we committed to it. And the problem is that when the United States says we're going to do something, we do it. We'll stand by it, but the other countries don't. The agreement also required countries in the developed world who signed it to give to the Greenhouse Climate Fund, also known as $100 billion to to help developing countries switch from fossil fuels to green energy. The bottom line, it's all about money tesla ceo elon musk is saying he will leave all the energy councils that trump appointed him to uh but guess what he stood to benefit from billions in subsidies if the u.s followed through with the agreement so i guess he's uh he's protesting by saying i'm out of it because now i'm not going to get the billions of dollars in subsidies for tesla so it doesn't make that much sense doesn't make it's not that it's not that unusual hey Elon Musk is a smart guy and he's backing out all these committees. Well, guess what? Because he's not getting any money. It's not that. It's not that hard to believe. According to US Chamber of Commerce, the agreement would impose a, a cost of 1.1 million American jobs including 400,000 in manufacturing jobs. Another group uh, the U.S. Council for Capital Formation says the agreement would cost America 2.7 million jobs by 2025. The overall effect of the agreement would have reduced the United States uh, gross domestic product by over 2.5 trillion. The Heritage Foundation predicted the American families would lose 20,000 in income by the year 2035, as the new regulation imposed after the imposed after the agreement would raise their electric bills by up to 20 percent. Naturally, the left is not happy with Trump attempting to reverse this part of the the Obama legacy or thwart their chances in helping their friends in green energy uh, sector make boatloads of money. Here's the junior senator from Massachusetts, Ed Markey, with his doomsday message.
2: If President Trump announces that he is going to unilaterally pull the United States out of the climate accord that the rest of the world has signed on to, with the exception of Syria and Nicaragua. Uh, then it will be an economic, a national security, a public health, and a moral failure for the United States of America.
1: No, because Trump knows that this is gonna choke the economy by making us uh, abide by these commitments. President Trump announced his decision to back out of the agreement from the White House Rose Garden on Thursday.
2: As of today, the United States will cease all implementation of the non-binding Paris Accord and the draconian financial and economic burdens the agreement imposes on our country. This includes ending the implementation of the nationally determined contribution and, very importantly, the Green Climate Fund, which is costing the United States a vast fortune
1: see and the president also said he was willing to continue talking with other countries about the climate accord though let's listen
2: i'm willing to immediately work with democratic leaders to either negotiate our way back into paris under the terms that are fair to the united states and its workers or to negotiate a new deal that protects our country and its taxpayers
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing that this uh, this deal puts all this burden on all these companies to have to uh, uh, cut their emissions. It costs money. That costs money. That's why Apple builds iPhones in China. That's why uh, that's why Tesla sent their battery plant to Nevada because the laws in California are tougher than the laws in, in Nevada. You know, it's funny. It's, as soon as uh, Trump started, uh, started speaking about this and announced it, the Dow jumped by 136 points hit 21-144, uh, hit the first record uh, closed since March 1st. Why? Because the economy knows what this thing does. And this is how, uh, this is how Trump summarized it. This
2: agreement is less about the climate and more about other countries gaining a financial advantage over the United States. We don't want other leaders and other countries laughing at us anymore and they won't be I was elected to represent the
1: citizens of Pittsburgh not Paris hey you know what if that doesn't make you feel good about America we got a guy out there watching our back making sure we don't get taken by the other countries and by doing stupid deals that, that steal our future from our kids and our grandkids hey I'm out of time for this episode of the made of it my name's Ed Hoffman thanks for listening and I'll be back again with you next week